0: It's time to be about that life. The startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson.
1: All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is the Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, you know, when we're on that path of entrepreneurship and building our business and growing our brand, you know, sometimes we get stuck. Sometimes we get stuck with how to proceed forward? Sometimes we get stuck with trying to find that balance, that you know, that that professional and personal uh, balance, and being happy uh, with life. Which is why we have an amazing uh, guest for you today. He is uh, a business coach, a high performance coach, and also a three-time World Series winner pitcher, uh, if you will. His name is Todd Stottlemyre, and he is the author of "The Observer: A Modern Fable on Mastering Your Thoughts." And emotions. He is once again startup nation. Todd Staudemeyer, big Todd. What's up, boss?
0: Dominic, how are you, sir? Man, I got to tell you, I'm excited to uh, to hang out with you on your show. I appreciate uh, you having me. I'm humbled and honored, and and uh, hopefully. Together today, we can create some incredible value for your audience.
1: I definitely think we're going to do that. I definitely think we're going to do that. We're especially, Todd. You know, as you know, I don't need to tell you. We're at a day and time where we need a little encouragement. We need a little little positive content. So I, I'm definitely glad to have you on and kind of help us out with that. If you don't mind, good sir. So I really appreciate that.
0: So, very good
1: absolutely absolutely so let me let me ask you this man so you know we're we're on the other side of, of 2020 now it's definitely was one for the ages uh just kind of share your just kind of general thoughts and and how you navigated the new normal that is tw- that was 2020 and, and what did you learn from it to come out better bigger better and badder uh for 2021
0: wow such a great question and it's a powerful question and and i would tell you that um, you know, we run a lot of businesses, uh, my partner and I, and right. and uh we we have a number of companies and 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 you know when COVID hit and shutdowns hit and businesses were being shut down. Here's what I'll say is that those were all things out of our control. Right. The problem when we get into a situation where so many different things are going on that are out of our control. What happens to the individual, to the business owner, to the athlete, to the person is we start to focus on so many things that we can't control that we forget to focus on the things that we can control. Mm. And it's a trap, man. And I'll, I remember saying, you know, in that first week, first, the first thing that happened was I was like everyone else kind of taken to your knees like, oh, crap, what are we going to do now? Right. Right. And and but (laughs) here's the thing is like you can't stay there long because if you stay there long, it starts to become you. So we started to kind of right away, jump back to our feet and say, what can we do? And I remember saying to all the executives of our company, listen, we're either going to come out of this better or we're going to come out of this worse right that's going to be a choice those are the decisions that we got to make daily on focusing on what can we control how can we get better what's the focus every single day and i remember saying to these guys i said listen this too shall pass right. we don't know when we don't know how it's not really something we can control but what we can control is what we do daily And we can control whether we come out better or worse because of this time. So it becomes a a very simple focus. And that focus for us and as we've gone through 2020 is, what can I do that I can control? What is it that I can do? Uh, And then go focus on that. So a lot of lessons coming out of 2020. I tell you, I believe that people began learning more about themselves than any other time potentially In history, because every single day, our emotions and our thoughts were challenged through 2020. And what trap will you fall in or how will you protect those thoughts and emotions? And will you focus on the right things and take the right daily actions? I know that's a mouthful, but 2020 is a mouthful.
1: (laughs) 2020 is a a mouthful, a handful, a footful and everything else uh, (laughs) you can think of. So, no, I I definitely uh, understand and definitely appreciate uh, that because look, I know a lot of people you know uh, they, they felt like a lot of things were out of their control and you talk about just focusing on things that you can't control just super important and we've had many people who come on the show Todd and they they shared a lot of the, uh, the same sentiments especially one of them is what do you want to be after this is over because this is, it's not going to be here forever you know what I mean uh, and, and so mm-hmm. I appreciate you, you, you sharing that and being transparent about it man
0: Well, you know, it's funny is like, you can, you have a choice every single day. Do you want to focus on your current or past circumstances and that baggage? You want to focus on where you want to go and what vision you have for your life. For sure. And, and, and I, and I can tell you, you know, it's funny is, you know, I, I look back on 2020 and, and it's not that far out, obviously we just, we just jumped into 2021 and, right. But I remember being in 2019 and kind of the, some of the things that I wanted to accomplish and do in 2020, and and that one was to really truly was to write the book, The Observer. Right. I had no idea that, um, I I knew where I wanted to go with The Observer because it was really for me it was about overcoming my mess and that mess becoming my message, of of negative thinking and and uh, and this place, this emotional state that I kept ended up in. But I had no idea that that book was going to mirror our country and mirror the world. Right. And what I mean by that is, you know, I had to overcome hate and guilt. And I got to tell you, if you look back to 2020, how many people, how they lived from a place of hate instead of love. Right. And instead of understanding that, I think when you think of, I think when I look back on 2020, I think of COVID. I think of race. Mm -hmm. I think of politics. Right. And then if I put, if I titled it, it would be like hate. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about how hateful we became because of COVID. How hateful did we become because of race? And how hateful did we become because of politics and our reactions to those things? So hateful. And it's actually why I even wrote The Observer, because I was at a place in my life where I looked great from the outside, But on the inside, I was living a very hateful and guiltful and unforgiving uh, place that was very dark.
1: For sure. For sure. And and once again, Startup Nation, that book is The Observer, just like Todd said, a modern fable on mastering your thoughts mastering your thoughts and emotions and started mentioning that book is now available now that book is now available today uh, we have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on a podcast uh, and go ahead and purchase that book I really think uh it's timely you know so Todd let me just ask you this man because you know you you, you wrote it as a fiction you know, as a fiction novel you know what I mean which you know you normally yeah. when people you know uh write books you know like yourself being a high performance coach and stuff like that they don't normally go that route why, why did you uh, decide I'd go the route of like a, the fiction novel route I guess
0: yeah so you know the book I guess could have been written as a memoir
1: right right
0: um you know and it's and, and it's pretty odd you know there's there's a few main characters in the book obviously a, a lady by the name of Kat who's mm-hmm. a who's an entrepreneur you know the story is really built built around her she has a 15 year old son and, and then she has a father that that kind of lived a legendary life, here's what I would tell you. There are a lot of the stories of the fiction of the characters going through the storyline that really mirrored my life as I went through my life right. and, and a lot of the situation. And, and as, why didn't I write it as a memoir was really is I wanted to be relatable to everyone. Gotcha. See, I believe I'm relatable. I'm humble. (laughs) I don't believe that, you know, I had any special DNA or genes, but the problem was I grew up with a legendary father Mm -hmm. and my playground was Yankee stadium. So the second I try to coach or teach people or tell them about my story, the first thing that they're going to say, they're going to say, yeah, Todd, but you stood in the outfield grass next to Mickey Mantle, right? That's true. (laughs) Right. And, and, and what happens is, but Even though I look so great, had this incredible environment I grew up with, had incredible parents, I inherited their relationships. I mean, everything is great. The problem is I also went through trials and tribulations, had problems, had setbacks, just like everyone else. So by making it a story, building characters, you know, my hope is that as people read the book that they'll get in touch with the character, that they'll feel the character going through the story, the setback, the failure, the disappointment, and then it becomes relatable to them. And as it becomes relatable to them, there's tools and principles that that person that today it might be going through a struggle, there's a tool chest that is weaved throughout the characters and the storyline. Where you can grab onto those tools and you can know 100% certain that there's a better way to live and that you can pursue your best self hundred percent for sure. For sure. Yeah, no. man.
1: And, and I appreciate that because I, I think a lot of times, uh, unfortunately, people look at, you know, people such as yourself with, you know, your your dad and uh, Yankee Stadium being your playground and uh, even other entrepreneurs. They, they see the glitz and the glam and it's like, oh, how is this guy going to tell me how to, like, you know, build my business from the ground up? He's got it all. But like when you dive into the stories and like you just said, man, and the, the observer really highlights that, like everybody's dealing with something. You know what I mean? It's not all like, you know, uh, unicorns and rainbows for everybody, no matter how it looks on the outside. You know what I mean? And, and I think that goes a long way to that relatability piece. So I appreciate you sharing that.
0: Well, you know, there's just there's no overnight success. Right. And, right. Uh, you know, you kind of get rewarded uh, as it seems overnight. I don't know who said this, but it was genius. Uh, you get rewarded in public for what you do in private. Mm. And what you do in private is what people don't see. They don't see the entrepreneur go through all the heartache, you know, the daily grind, uh, year after year. Um, and, and then all of a sudden it's like that entrepreneur like hits it. Everything comes together. And then it's like, wham, they hit the marketplace and they hit the public's attention. And it's like, wow, where did they come from? About a decade worth of pain.
1: Right, exactly. That's where
0: they came from. Exactly. They came through a decade worth of pain that you'll never see and that people sometimes will never understand. But uh I-, I love that saying. I don't know who said it, but you get rewarded in public for what you do in private. And that's athletics, that's business, that's life, man.
1: For sure, for sure. You know what in-, in the book you-, you talk about this idea. Uh, one eighty thinking, right? You know, you always hear three sixty thinking, but you you, you talk about one eighty thinking, and Cat kind of goes through that on her journey. Kind of share that with us a little bit, if you don't mind, Todd.
0: Well, I learned it from my mentor. So, gotcha, uh, Harvey Harvey Dorfman, who wrote the Mental Game of Baseball. Gotcha. Who really became, you know, my guy, and and from nineteen ninety three, the winter of nineteen ninety three. So, from my nineteen ninety four season until I was finished, and it was it was all about thought replacement. OK, I have a you know, you think about all the thoughts that run through your mind every single day. And it's like um, I think science tells us there's about twenty six thousand different thoughts and a lot of those are negative is the problem. And if you get hung up on a negative thought and you begin to focus on it and then it begins to drive your emotions, pretty soon you got negative outcomes. So the hundred and eighty degree mindset takes you from a negative thought, thought, replace replace the 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 negative thought with a positive thought. Well, where is that? That's 180 degrees away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See, it goes from I can't to I can. It goes from sad to happiness. You know, and it goes from you know playing victim to playing warrior. So the 180 degree mindset is nothing more than replacing a negative thought with a positive thought. Then begin to focus on the positive thought. The positive thought will then drive positive motions. That will then drive a positive action. Mm. But it all goes back to that very simple thought. Look, we have a choice every day to choose happiness. Right. See, happiness doesn't come, doesn't go from the outside in. Happiness happens that we choose to be happy from the inside. It's not something that happens from the outside. We can't go out and find it. We have to choose to live it.
1: Right. Right, for sure. Thank you uh for sharing that. I, I, I wanna And you can you can
0: you can take that hundred and eighty degrees of what's so awesome about it's yeah. that whole mindset and thought process around it is like, okay, so sometimes emotions will drive your thought though. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your thought will drive your emotions, sometimes your emotions will drive your thought. You say, Man, I don't feel good. Well, can I can't I change that by saying, you know what, I feel good. I feel great. Today's like a great day. Instead of this moment, man, I'm having a tough moment. And then pretty soon what happens is I go from a tough moment and then I start saying, man, I'm having a bad day. Mm. I'm like, no, 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 you're not having a bad day. It's the same day for everyone. You're just having a tough moment. But how about if we switch the psychology and perspective of the thought, the feeling or the moment and say, hey, you know what? This is great. This is great that I'm going through this tough time because I'm getting better. Huh, that's a 180 degree different perspective. So I could go from a 180 degree mindset, 180 degree perspective, 180 degree emotional feelings, and take myself from a negative state of being into a positive state of being. Right. And that is so important as an athlete, but it's also so important as a business owner or an entrepreneur, but it's also so important as a friend. Being a friend to someone else. It just applies in life, man.
1: Right. Right. Let me ask you this, Todd, because, you know, I'm curious about like, you know, let's dive deeper to what you just said. Right. Like, I'm curious about a time when either when, you know, in your playing days, whether it be, you know, in the, in the, in the show or in the business world where you had to kind of like check those emotions a little bit. Can you share a story with that from your, from your personal? Yeah. Kind of share that with us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and it's really the making of the book. It goes back to 1993 and, you know, this is after growing up in Yankee stadium and, and, uh, hanging out with my father and uh, every day as he was a New York Yankee and then having a dream and then, and then being able to be lucky enough to to live that dream out to play Major League Baseball and and here I find myself uh, after my fifth year um, in Major League Baseball I'm a two-time World Champion. We just 1993 we just be we just won the second World Championship and uh, and did it back to back 92 93 with the Toronto Blue Jays. And if you look would have looked at me Dominic from the outside here's a guy in his 20s right lived out his lived out his childhood dream making millions of dollars, now a two-time world champion. Mm-hmm. From the outside, you have been like, wow, storybook life. Absolutely. Problem was, I looked in the mirror, and I could not stand the person looking back at me. Mm-hmm. And that's because more than a decade prior to that moment, and the winter of 1993, it was 12 years earlier. I was 15 years old. My little brother was 11. He was on his third bout of leukemia. Mm. The doctors told our family his only chance for survival and a long-term life was a bone marrow transplant. Our entire family, they tested our blood. I would happen to be the perfect match. Uh, I laid down and gave my little brother a bone marrow transplant that ultimately put his body into a coma that ultimately um, took his life. Mm. I'll never forget um, that his last breath and... And being in the hospital and being at the hospital with my, with my mom, my dad, my older brother, Mel Jr. And, and of course it hit our family like a ton of bricks and we were taken to our knees as a family. It was very tragic. And I always say, man, just imagine uh, a mother and father burying their 11 year old son. And, and we know that today someone's listening today to this story and, and relates to it. Cause they probably went through a similar situation. Right. And, uh, but as a 15-year-old kid who gave the bone marrow transplant, man, I was sad, I was sad, but I had two other emotions that I left that hospital with. I left with hate and I left with guilt. I was like, "Man, it's my marrow that put him into a coma." And no one could tell me any different. And uh, you know, what would happen was I got to a point in my life where I was just sick and tired of the same emotional uh, breakdowns, either on a baseball field or even in life. I just kept ending up in the same place over and over and over. And at the end of 1993, and it's like, and I had all this hate. And what would happen was anytime I couldn't control something that I tried to control or got into conflict, the hate and guilt would literally come to the surface and always ruin the mastery of the moment. So what was happening is I was living in this prison of unforgiveness. Mm. I refused to forgive myself for my little brother's death right. as if I could have controlled it. Right. See, but the problem was it, it, it kept, it kept blocking me from living and performing at my highest levels on a field and off the field. Right. So I reached out to Harvey and I said, Harvey, this is Todd Stottlemyre. And he says, man, I've been waiting on your call. And I was like, I didn't even know you knew who I was, Harvey. He goes, oh, I've been watching you. And I said, Harvey, I need help. He says, yeah, I know. And, and he, we booked a meeting. It was supposed to be about a two-hour meeting. It ended up going 12 hours in a hotel room. Wow. In the first hour, Harvey asked me the question. He said, Todd, would you do it again? I said, do what? He says, would you give a bone marrow transplant to your little brother again? And I broke down, I sobbing, I'm crying like a baby. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, I do it every minute of every hour of every day, of every week, of every month. I do it every, of every year, I do it over. And he says, well, didn't you do that already? And I said, yeah. He said, Todd, did you do everything you could possibly do? I said, Harvey, I did everything I could do. He said, Todd, you're not God, let it go. Right. You didn't kill your little brother. And I was like, for the first time, Someone gave me permission and took me to a place of letting it go. Mm. You see, I was carrying 12 years of baggage right. around my neck and over my shoulders and everything I did in life. And I just had refused up until that point to let it go. And it was liberating as hell. The last hour, he said, Todd, we says, I'm going to put you on a seven day challenge. He says, you're not allowed to respond or react to anything. And I was kind of like, I don't understand. He said, listen, anytime emotionally you start to get excited or you mentally, your brain starts to go and, and you start to get excited about either a challenge or a conflict or a reaction. He says, you're not allowed to react or respond. You can only, you can only document what are you thinking? And you can only document what are you feeling? He said, I want you to stand back from yourself and become the observer of of your thoughts and become the observer of your emotions and in seven days we're going to go through this and we're going to build a toolbox and in this toolbox there's going to be tools there's going to be models and principles to help you deal with these breakdowns mentally and emotionally to help you stay in peak state performance i was like wow i was so excited right that's where the 180-degree mindset comes. Right. That's where the, where the power for me of being grateful comes from. Um, that's, that's from where it's like the, becoming the observer of how we think. Instead of reacting knee-jerk reactions, what they do is they kind of tell you who you really are deep down. The problem was my knee-jerk reactions were horrible because deep down I was living a dark life of hate guilt and unforgiveness. Right. So to the audience today, I just want you to know, no matter what has happened in your life, whether you forgive yourself or not, it's time to let it go. It's time, man. It's time to let it go so that, so that you don't destroy 12 years of your life like I destroyed the mastery of my moment for 12 years. Gotcha. So that you can absolutely live the champion you were born to live.
1: Absolutely. That that let it go piece, let, let's be honest, it's tough. It, it can be tough because like we, a lot of times. It is really difficult. Right, it, right. You know, we live... Uh, In a place where it's like, what could I have done? You know, you you talked about this just now. Like, what could I have done differently? What could I have done better? What could I have done alternatively? You know what I mean? And and, and so, no, that's a big piece. And I appreciate you sharing it and appreciate that transparency, man. I really do. Because I think a a lot of people need to hear these stories and and hear stories of how, you know, like, look, life throws a a ton crap at you sometimes. Uh, And and a lot of it is just really not your fault. And and so, no, I appreciate that, Todd, for sure.
0: You know, Harvey, Dominic, Harvey says something so important that I don't want to leave out in that moment. Yeah. He said, if you would have said no, you wouldn't have done it again. Because think about it. So many people are saying, man, I would never do that again. Right. But they're still carrying the baggage from doing it.
1: Right. Right. And here's what Harvey said.
0: Here's what Harvey said. If you would have, he said, Todd, if you would have said, no, I would have told you to change today Mm. to honor the defeat because the defeat and the lesson (laughs) in our reflection through change will allow us to get better. Mm. The point is you don't have to hang on to yesterday's news. You just don't.
1: Gotcha. Now, that's a big one. Honor the Defeat, Startup Nation. I think you might want to hold on to that one. Once again, Startup Nation. Honor
0: the Defeat. Honor the Defeat.
1: Absolutely. Once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Todd Stottlemyre, the author of The Observer, A Modern Fable on Mastering Your Thoughts and Emotions. And once again, Startup Nation, that book is available today. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay on the podcast so Todd let me ask you this man because you know I I know you 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 transitioned out of baseball and 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 you transitioned into into Wall Street and and stuff like that kind of talk about that transition a little bit you know you know ups downs difficulties kind of talk about that a little bit if you don't mind
0: yeah so for me it was easy because I knew I'd left it all on the field okay you know my my health just wouldn't allow me um my arm you know I tore up my had a hole in my rotator cuff, tore my labrum and bicep tendon away from the bone. I had nerve damage. I had all these health issues. So I couldn't get back to a place of being good enough to perform at that level. So I knew I'd left every pitch on the field. So, for me, the transition was a lot smoother than a lot of guys that still believe they can. Mm-hmm. It's just that nobody wants them. Right. I was in a place that no one wanted me and I knew I couldn't. Gotcha. So it was like the perfect storm. So <laughs> gotcha. I knew I had to move on now. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, when I was done and I retired and it was over and, and and I was so grateful and, and blessed that I had a lot of people in baseball offer me a lot of different jobs mm-hmm. everywhere from coaching to front office to radio to TV. And and I just knew that if I stayed in the game and and up until that point, I was 37 at the time. So I grew up with my father in the game and then basically lived out my uh, um, um adulthood up until that point in right. the game. So it's all I'd ever done. Right. And I was like, man, I want to do something different because. My kids were just, you know, we were still having kids. They were young. And I was like, uh, in the baseball world, uh, a lot of night games, that meant that would have meant for me being away from my kids. Um, and, and at night, I wanted to wake up with them. I wanted to be able to take them to school. I wanted to be a part of their life, go to their events. And I said, I'll figure something else out. And took about six months off. And then uh, actually my next door neighbor, was a director at a firm and a wall street firm. And he says, come into the office, let's talk. And, and I walked away from there with a job and, and spent five years there. And I gotta tell you, it was, it was awesome. It was, I learned so much. We built an asset management team. We had great success, but you know, I just woke up one morning and I said, you know, I don't, I don't want to be stuck to an office the rest of my life and, and walked in and retired from the firm. And then I launched a fund and did that and found myself back into an office again. And I always tell people, I never said I was smart. I went from one office to the next. And <laughs> and I was like eight months into that and we were doing well. And, and I was like, man, I, I'm stuck again. I don't want to be here. And and so I retired and walked away from that and, and then got involved in some marketing companies. And then ultimately my partner and I, uh, we launched a private fund just meet for, uh, he owns half of it. I own half of it. And, gotcha. and we started to build and develop companies and and uh, and then through writing books, people started to come and said, hey, will you come speak to our company or our group? And I started working with companies and CEOs and entrepreneurs and helping them and coaching them. And it was always based on reflection mm. uh, of what worked and a reflection of what didn't work in my situation. And I would tell them all the time, look, try this shoe on it may or may not fit right you may have to make some adjustments to the model or to the program but give it a shot and then and then we'll begin to build strategy and process for you so that's how this whole coaching thing came book writing and everything else
1: i hear that all right startup nation so we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break we gotta pay some bills once again my name is dominic lawson and you're listening to the startup life Of the Startup Life is powered by Colony Spark. Startup Nation, with our economy in flux, there is a lot of mixed messaging out there. If there was ever a time to take control of the narrative and let your customers know that you're here to serve them, it's now. And that's why you have a friend in Colony Spark. Colony Spark is an omni channel marketing agency that believes in the power of community to ignite your business. They have helped companies across many industries with lead generation, revenue growth, and more to put them on the path to success. My guy Bill Murphy and his team are very good at what they do. How do I know this? Because not many SEO companies have the stamp of approval of being partnered with Google. Yes, that Google. So I want you to go to www. ColonySpark.com forward slash startup to schedule a meeting today in that meeting you will review your current marketing activity receive actionable advice on how to pivot and grow and ask any marketing questions you may have on navigating over the next few months look startup nation i know things may seem uncertain right now but if you are looking for a business partner that can help light the way go with colony spark where they firmly believe in business helping business All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. I hear that. I want to ask you something about that. Just go into the weeds just a little bit, because, look, a a lot of times people who, you know, who, who didn't have like, you know a, a, a athletic career and stuff like that, and they see them get into business and stuff like that. It's like, oh, they just got in the door because they're this and they're that, and that's probably some right. part to it to that. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, we had on the show uh, Jake Plummer, longtime quarterback. Oh yeah, uh, you know, you know Denver Broncos, Arizona Cardinals, stuff like that, right? And he talked sure. about like, look. I may have a name and stuff like that, but I still have to build a business. And so he still had to, like, knock on doors, make phone calls. People tell him no stuff like that. Kind of talk about that part, because I don't think a lot of people understand that, like, just because maybe you come from a certain limelight or something like that, you still have to do the work.
0: Yeah, well, I always say, you know, your name might get you in the door or something you've done from the past. You know, I might I might get a chance to meet with someone. Because maybe they were a sports fan. Maybe they were a fan of my father. Maybe they were a fan of mine. And, and it allows me to get a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're going to do real business with real business people, uh, you better be able to do the work. You better <laughs> right. be able to back up what you say. And, and you know, I, listen, I'm like everyone else, man. It's like um, – and failure is a big thing to me. I believe it's the multivitamin to success. I believe it's got to be taken every day. And, right. And I will tell you that we've had businesses um, that have been awesome and have great success. But we've also failed miserably, mm-hmm. just like everyone else. And, and uh, you know, like once again, it's like, you know, what are you willing to do daily? And this is one of the things I talk about a lot. What are you willing to do? You say, you say, man, this is my goal. This is my dream. This is what I want. I say, great. Step two is, do you know what it takes? Right. So we got to figure out what does it take for you to hit the dream? And then when we figure it out and we go through the process and we create schedules for this is what we're going to have to do in order to hit that goal, make that dream or build that business. Here's the third question is most important. Are you willing to do that? Right. Are you really willing to do that? And it's funny you'll see some pictures of entrepreneurs and and it's kind of like the whole the whole building's dark except for one office (laughs) and with one light on and it's 3 a.m and it's 3 a.m and you're like there's the entrepreneur (laughs) you know right and 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 even though it seems so glorious you know entrepreneurship has become like athletics it's kind of like it's that thing it's like oh wow right like you're a successful entrepreneur i mean We build pedestals for these people, but we forget the grind. And the grind is question number three. Are you willing? Are you willing to go through it? And are you willing to continue to go through it when it gets hard? Because I promise you. It's going to get hard
1: for sure. For sure. I I just wanted to highlight that startup nation. Look, like Todd said, you know, a lot of times, you know, people have, you know, a certain way to get them in the door, but you still have to do the work. But in that same vein, I think we all have certain advantages. You know, maybe for Todd, it was this, maybe for you it's that. So I think it's always important to know what your advantage is and really leverage that, but you still have to do the work and build upon what you're leveraging to move forward. So I appreciate that Todd, for sure.
0: Yeah, man. I say if you live in this country and if you're breathing, you have an advantage.
1: Facts. (laughs) <laughs> big facts, big facts. And I, I definitely agree with you there. Let me ask you this, because you talked about earlier about how, you know, people come in to ask you, you know, you know, you're writing books and, and stuff like that. Once again, go ahead and pick up the Observer Startup Nation. You want to put that in your entrepreneurial toolkit. But you, t- you say that people ask you to come and speak to their company or maybe you do one on one coaching and stuff like that. What's one of those that one thing or maybe a few things that people say, this is what I need help with. Like, what are some of those things you're seeing out there that people are kind of Needing help with the most, in your opinion?
0: You know, I can't tell you how many times people tell me, Todd, I've hit a wall. Mm. And I'm like, I get it. I've hit a lot of walls. (laughs) And I kind of laugh, and they're like, man, Todd, it's not funny. Like, I keep hitting the same wall, and it's like, I can't get underneath it. I can't get around it. I can't get over it. And I say, that's awesome. So I talk about the power of reflection. See, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Sure. A casino reflects about every 60 minutes. I and mean, what do they reflect? They reflect their cash, money coming in, money going out. If they didn't, <laughs> they could potentially have a bad run on the casino and it would bankrupt. Right. So every literally every hour. How about a quarterback in the NFL? Every time that quarterback of the NFL c- comes off or the defense comes off, what do they do? They go look at iPads. What are they studying? They're studying the plays they just performed. Right. I'm telling you, one of the greatest strategies for when you're banging your head against the wall is go study your past performances. Mm. And then start to ask yourself questions. What could I do differently? What is there for me to learn here? You'll start to, if you ask yourself great questions in your reflection, you'll start to give yourself great answers. On top of that, which is probably even more important, when you study your past performances, you give your, you give your, your work, your grind, your routine, or whatever it is, you give it a different perspective. See, when you're in the heat of the battle, your focus draws tunnel vision. Right? Right. And 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 but when you step on the bank and you reflect and you study a past performance, you start to give yourself a different perspective. And through the different perspective, you start to see your way around the wall. Mm. And then you rebuild your strategy and you go take massive action to until when? Until the next wall. Because there's another one coming right behind it. I mean, there's no perfect path up the mountain, (laughs) right? Right. So it's a constant thing. But I'm going to tell you, you know, most people will go through life or most entrepreneurs, not most, but a lot of them will go through life and they'll never look back and reflect and study a past performance to learn. There are so many lessons in our reflection and the study of our past performances. And I believe that that's a model for high performance. You want to become a super achiever, you got to fail your face off, reflect on it, change the strategy, take a new action. Very simple, actually. It's just hard to do because it's hard. Why? It's hard to do mentally and it's hard to do emotionally because as you're pounding the wall mentally and emotionally, you start saying things to yourself like, man, maybe this is it. Maybe I'm not like everyone else. Maybe I can't win like them. Maybe they had special DNA or special genetics or they eat special food. What is it that, you know, and, and, and your psychology and your emotional state, they start to wear on you. This is why having a tool chest, to stay in peak performance is so important.
1: For sure, for sure. Thank you uh, for sharing that. In, in that same vein, Todd, I, I want to ask you this because, look, you talked about the grind and, and this and the other, and, and that's great. Like you know, you, you're keeping up with the grind. You're doing the day to day work and stuff like that. It's a lot like you know, like a like an MLB season or just the day to day grind of a business. A business, but there comes a time where there's there's a postseason in MLB, you know, in, in baseball, or maybe you got a big presentation that that's coming up or a big sales goal you got to hit and stuff like that what i'm curious to ask you is this how do you zero in on a target if you will right forgive the pun because you're a pitcher and stuff like that but how do you zero Mm -hmm. in on like that focus like because you know i mean there's the day-to-day grind and then there comes a moment where you have to ratchet up because now it's time for you to be clutch kind of talk about that that zone that that part where you just kind of have to ratchet up for a particular time right now
0: yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'll say, you know, one, one of the things is, you know, the bigger the project, the bigger the goal, the bigger the dream. Right. There are times um, there are times where you got to put your, you know, I always say, take the right foot, go to the right pedal, press it to the floor where you just got to go all in and all out. I hear that. Right. It's like no return. You're just going to you're going to go push. Now, you can't you can't keep your foot on the pedal to the floor all the time. Right. Or what happens? You burn out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things and one of the models in the book is, as I call it, you know, the four seasons, the four seasons to your championship life, because there are times where you got to back off and there are times where you got to push the pedal. I think the best way I can answer this question is you have to figure out what are the three to five things that you have to master in order in order to dominate in your industry Mm. i'll give you an example sure 1992 i was struggling and i mean when i say i was struggling as a starting pitcher i couldn't get to the fifth inning i mean i was giving up eight nine ten runs a game uh i was with the toronto blue jays it was 1992 i called my father i said dad i'm struggling he goes i see that and he was a pitching coach with the mets at the time and i said dad I said, it seems like when I make good pitches, you know, they're getting hits. When I make bad pitches, they're hitting like doubles, triples, and home runs. And my father said, actually, I don't see you making many good pitches. Mm. See, he had a different perspective than I had at the time. So that's point number one. Point number two, he says, though, he says, listen to me, Todd. He says, if you'll do these three things, he goes, you'll dominate. And I'm like, wow. He goes, if you'll stay back in your delivery, finish your delivery strong and think down in the strike zone. Now, as a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball, staying back, finishing strong and thinking down, that's simple, by the way. Mm-hmm. So what my father gave me was three things to focus on that were simple. Actually, prior to that moment, I in my past, I've mastered those three things in order to become a Major League pitcher. So what he was telling me was basically get back to the whiteboard and keep things simple. Matter of fact, he then went on to say there's one more thing. And I was like, "Uh oh, Mm -hmm. here comes the shoe to drop. Right. He says on the bill underneath the bill of your game cap, I want you to write in big, bold letters, K.I.S.S. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm -hmm. And he goes now. And and he first said, do you know what it stands for? And I was like, kiss. He goes, no, keep it simple, stupid. I said, great, dad. Great. Great. Okay. He says, now, do you know what keep it simple, stupid stands for? Hmm. And I was like, hmm. I was like, "Mm, kiss. He goes, no, keep it simple, stupid stands for stay back, finish strong, think down. Hey, if you're going to if you're going to have a 90 day goal, 60 day goal, 30 day goal, you're going up against an earnings report. What are the three to five things that will drive the numbers more than anything else? Right. That better become a major focus every single day for you. For sure. It's all about narrowing the focus and spending the time on the things that are going to give us the biggest results.
1: For sure. For sure. You know, and and I appreciate that. And you know what, you you highlight something else that's kind of been a theme uh, of today's show. You know, you talked about your mentor earlier. You talked about your dad uh, just now just talk about really quickly how important mentorship for entrepreneurs is because it it seems like it's been everything for you.
0: It's the shortcut, right? If there is such a thing as a shortcut to success, I would tell you mentorship, coaching, accountability partners. I can't, I would, I know for me, um, you know, I would have never had uh, any kind of the level of success that I've had in my life without those things, without accountability partners, people doing it with me, people getting in the trench with me, uh, without mentorship, without coaching. Um, you know, I, I'm not a big believer in people who are self-made, you know, when people say, God, you know, I was self-made. I said, really? What'd you do? Yeah, we sold this product. I said, well, if all those people didn't buy that product, <laughs> you, wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have been claiming you're self-made. See, all those people buying your product actually made you. Mm-hmm. See, I would tell you that coaches and mentors and working partners and accountability partners are so important to your su- success. I'll keep it very simple um, for people to really understand. If you go to the gym and you want to work out, you're going to go and you're going to push yourself to a certain point. If you have a trainer, they're going to push you to a new level. Mm. By the way, that same same psychology, that same format, that same theory works in business and it works for every aspect of your life. Hey, if you want to have a better marriage? Get a marriage coach. You want to have better, better spirituality? Go talk to your pastor. Go talk to the people who know what you're potentially going through. More importantly, know how to get you across the bridge or around the wall. Mm. Maybe because they've already done that. They've already been there.
1: I hear that. Right, uh, thank you so much for that. Once again, Startup Nation, we're actually wrapping up with Todd Stottlemyre, the author of The Observer, a modern fable on mastering your thoughts and emotions. Once again, if you want to purchase that book, we highly suggest that you do. Uh, we have that link there in the show notes for easy access. If you listen to the replay on the podcast. Also, if you want to just check out and keep up uh, with Todd, make sure you check out his website, ToddOfficial.com. That that website and link is there in the show notes as well for easy access. Access quick baseball question, uh, if you don't mind me, Todd, just kind of indulge me here a little bit because, you know, and and I guess it's not just baseball, but just like sports in general. You know, we, we have a lot of times where. You know, we have new athletes, new generation comes into the league. And sometimes uh, people from uh, uh, the league in in the past or whatever, they have like, I don't know, that's that's kind of not how we do things. That's not a tradition of what we do. You know, a lot of times the new athletes, especially in baseball, where they have like, you know, a lot of like eye black on and stuff like that. They're very emotional and stuff like that. Uh, Just kind of talk about, you know, how you feel about the new generation of baseball players and stuff like that.
0: Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a funny subject, Um, (laughs) you know, because 1988 was my first year in major league baseball. Uh And in 1988, I was a new generation. Fair enough. (laughs) And I went from a new generation by the time I retired in 2002 to an older generation, because in 2002, the new guys coming in became a new generation. Right. And I would tell you that Um, you know, I, I, I believe, and I believe that it's, it's based on leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. I think John Maxwell said it best, but, uh, um, you know, it's like, how are we leaving the game when we leave it? I hear that. Are we leaving it better? or Are we leaving it worse? Mm -hmm. And, and, and while we were there and as a veteran player. You know, as a veteran player, are you influencing the younger generation the right way Mm. through appreciation, humility, gratefulness to wear the uniform? I always tell athletes the name on the front of the uniform is a lot more important than the name on the back of the uniform. Big time. Because someday they're going to take the name on the back of the uniform off the uniform. Mm. And when they do. The name on the front of the uniform will still exist. Right. So, you know, it's it's really just about being humble and grateful and, and understanding the humility. And it's like, look, man, those guys, uh, I appreciate athletes so much because, you know, they they dedicated their whole life to a certain sport. Right And and then to live out that dream. And I know what it takes and it's not easy and it's hard and and you got to work endless hours. But when you get there, the problem a lot of times with af- athletics is, is if you start to believe the headline news, um, the headline news is going to change drastically for you from a positive to a negative because you're never as good and you're never as bad as they talk about you write about you or, or whatever it is. And, and I would just tell you that, uh, you know, I love to see modern day athletes, you know, I, I love to see their work ethic. I love to see them go through the grind, mm-hmm. you know, Kobe Bryant, uh, rest in peace, Kobe, right. uh, was, was, uh, you know, someone who, you know, I watched from afar. I never got a chance to meet him, But to understand his humility for the game and how he appreciated the game, how hard he worked, there are lessons from guys like Kobe that the younger generation can learn from and model so that they, in fact, can also leave the game better than when they arrived.
1: I hear that. I hear that. Thank you so much. And I, and I think a lot of that applies to business uh, as well, you know, because like you said, like that, name, you know, whether it be uh, the name on the back of the jersey or the nameplate, you know, on the 44th floor, that nameplate is going to change. Uh, so now yeah. I definitely understand that for sure. And before I ask the last question, Todd, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for coming on the Startup Life and sharing your amazing book. Once again, Startup Nation, that book is The Observer. At a, moder- a modern fable on mastering your thoughts and emotions. Once again, we have that link in the show notes for you to purchase uh, that book. But Todd, if you would, good sir, just kind of leave us some words, leave us with some words of encouragement for today, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah. and I, Dominic, I'll just say in, in closing, I just, I'm so grateful. I'm humbled. Uh, you allowed me to come on, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great things. And and because of people like you and, and your show, you're allowing me to spread the news on, on, a, on something I'm really excited about. And that's my new book, The Observer. But, you know, I, I would tell you, and I keep it very, very simple, is, is that, um, look, you know, you're going to go through the ups and downs. But the fact of the matter is um, that everything's possible and you don't need you know you didn't need to grow up in a certain place for things to be possible for you and and I you know I I always tell people I say listen I, I heard statistically that uh, the chances of us even being here and being born was like 1 in 400 million now I don't know I don't know the exact science and and percentages and truth of that statement but imagine us being one in 400 million isn't at birth we damn near broke the impossible barriers there it is so the question or the statement i use to follow is why stop there see (laughs) why stop there now you've got a whole life to break down ceilings take off handcuffs and break through the barriers of impossible because on the other side of that is a new possible for you. But in order to break those things, it's going to take you resolving and not quitting and continuing to pursue your greatness, continue to pursue your potential. In closing, they talk statistically that most most people live at 40% of their cap- capacity that means that most people on their la- when they take their last breath are going to live si- they're going to leave 60% of their potential on the table and i'm saying ladies and gentlemen join me in this pursuit to push to try to get every nth of a degree and it doesn't just mean money or entrepreneurship or business or athletics. It has to do with fulfillment, being a great friend, being a great brother, being a great sister, a mother, a father, a cousin, a nephew, a niece. It talks about you know how we can pursue to just become the best versions of ourselves. And when we wake in the morning and take that breath, be grateful that there's an opportunity for us to pursue that day god bless
1: i hear that thank you so much for that and that's going to wrap up this session of the startup life once again want to thank todd stottermeyer for coming on the show thank you so much brother thank you sir thanks for having me no worries and as always startup nation if you have an idea be about that life the startup life if you want to let us know what you think about our show have an idea for a show topic or would like to advertise on our show Send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.